0: Samir Lewis and you are listening to Chatting in the City. This podcast is an initiative from the VTRAX Lab, also known as Vulnerability, Trauma, Resilience and Culture Laboratory at the University of Ottawa to explore mental health and the Black community. The podcast is a part of a larger Beacon Health project, which is funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone couple months has passed since our last episode. Christmas happened, The new year, happy new year to everyone. Hopefully that January has started really well for you guys. But how is your mental health doing? And I'm so glad that again, we get to discuss more about that topic. My name is Samir Lewis again, and I'm one of the social mobilizers at the V-Track Lab. I'm so excited for today's podcast. We have a very special guest today, um, and we're so excited to hear some words of wisdom to get the mindset of an expert to enter the field of public health. This special guest, wait for it guys, has completed her postgraduate degree at the University of Ottawa. She obtained her diploma in Public Health and Preventive Medicine, as well as completed her Master's in Epidemiology. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for a adjunct position and Department of School of Epidemiology and Public Health at the University of Ottawa, Medical Advisor of Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Canada, Dr. Dominique Elien Massena. <laughs> Uh, was- <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on this SPYCAST! Welcome! How are you doing?
1: Well, thanks for having me. Before I start off, I just want to say Happy New Year to everyone. Wishing great blessings for 2022 given the context, uh, specifically health and, and uh, peace with everything going on. But yes, thank you Samira. Um, I'm doing okay. I mean, uh, things have been quite hectic. You mentioned the holiday season going through. Um, yeah, it, it's been a quiet one, but uh, a memorable one still. Uh, with family, it's always nice. So, yeah. How about yourself?
0: Awesome. Um, it has been great. Um, enjoyed time with family as well and just did with whatever I could with the restrictions and stuff. But yeah, yeah really great. <laughs> um, I guess we'll start off with the questions. Perfect. So the first question I have for you, Dr. Dominique ile is as an expert in the public health and preventative medicine field, what does mental health mean to you? Okay, thanks for your question. Um, So for one, I would say mental
1: health um, needs to be defined. Uh, We often hear a lot of definitions. Mm -hmm. One I particularly like is one from the Public Health Agency of Canada. They define it as uh, the capacity to enjoy life, to face challenges, to have a s- positive sense of well-being. Um, and as you can tell with, with those initial factors, it's more of personal related um, a well-being. And then there is the aspect of being integrated and interconnected within society and feeling respected also in society. Mm-hmm. So when you consider all those components of the definition, Um, of what's related to positive mental health Mm -hmm. it really begs you to to wonder okay well what are the things that facilitate that and also what are things that become barriers to it Uh, mental illness actually which is the other extreme is pretty much the alteration in your thinking your mood and your behavior that pretty much leads you to um mental health distress, not being able to function. Um, And with that in mind, uh, you can envision or potentially think of things that could come to not either develop mental illness or contribute to. And uh, in public health, we often uh, work and think a lot about determinants of health and Mm -hmm. social Of health for that matter. Mm -hmm. To to quickly explain, it's social, economical, environmental uh, factors, and personal factors that uh, come and interplay with an individual's health and even a population's health. Mm -hmm. And um, you can think of issues like income and social status. You can think of education, uh, employment, um, even childhood experiences. All these are considered various important factors and many more. There's 12 of them specifically, but many more um, that actually influence our health. Um, And part of that list is actually racism.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's
1: where when you ask about how does it relate to me being a second generation immigrant Mm -hmm. uh, of a Haitian family, Mm -hmm. um, I have to say that it, it speaks more uh, to my experience and experiences of my, of my uh, brothers and sisters mm-hmm. where um, if they've experienced racism uh, and that being actually one of those social determinants of health which specifically speaks to those social and economical factors, um, you, know, you, you know that they have been impacted uh, very much so and can lead to that mental distress that I was re- making reference to. Unfortunately, though, there's a lot of research on the topic. Um, I don't know if you've done some research around it, I know that because it's an interest of mine, um, we don't have specific um, uh, data on racialized populations. Mm-hmm. and mental health and the impact of mental health there's definitely some interest out there and some studies out there but some are somewhat date some are somewhat dated and some you know aren't as robust as what we would find in mm-hmm. other cities for instance mm-hmm. so what we do know or can say is that For immigrants, for instance, um, for those that have stayed longer, um, maybe between uh, two to 20 years, there was one longitudinal study um, that uh, explained that these individuals um, probably would experience more mental health than their counterparts who stay maybe less or Mm -hmm. even more than 20 years. And among those groups, um, some ethnic groups that have been identified with um, higher mental distress compared to the other ethnicities are Black and uh, South Asian, rather, I um, mm-hmm. think. So that, again, speaks to a bit of what I can speak by experience, but also yeah. what some of the research is, is showing us. And with that, it makes you wonder, okay, well, how can we uh, address it? How can we support our brothers and sisters in that way? And uh, what are the things that we need to address when it comes to uh, the systematic factors that, that are actually part of that?
0: yeah a hundred percent um yeah i totally agree when you mentioned the the determinants of health i just remember because that's one thing that we study a lot in health sciences like like every single year that topic is brought up because again it's something that's very very important um you mentioned like again the those 12 determinants of health do you do you think, I guess, in, in your research or um, maybe in um, your your time, um, just finding more and more interest into this, um, one, or one or two, I guess, or just the the key um, determinants of health that do heavily impact um, when we talk about like mental health um, mm-hmm. with each individual. Obviously, you know, it's going to change. Um, Uh, case versus cases, but I guess like globally, are there um, findings that this is more repetitive um, in terms of determinants of health? Well, I
1: appreciate your question because the deterrents of health actually are numbered and and there's a reason for that yeah some um, have shown to have more impacts than others and the the one that i mentioned when it comes to income and and social status is is definitely uh it's considered number one um and when you are poor or living in poverty uh, there's definitely a lot of related stressors not only just from the mere fact of not having your basic needs Mm -hmm. but also the um, other diseases that can be that can can be caused by the fact that you're not getting the necessary nutrition for instance you don't live in a in a um, appropriate uh, environment or home Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't have the social supports Um, all these things that come into play in in terms of being able to have your basic uh, living uh, necessities yeah. So um, definitely, income and and social status is, is part of it. And there's also um, something that has been described as um, uh, the social gradient, meaning that the better um, income you have, education, mm-hmm. um, and social status that you have, the better health that you can have. And if and if you don't, well, then you're pretty much at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And unfortunately, will bear the uh, health-related health outcomes and and mental distress as we've been talking about uh that can come from that so um, those are some of the uh determinants of health that i would say are important yeah. I, I mean i could have listed more um, exactly. as i mentioned unemployment is definitely an important one yeah. um social supports also is a, a very important one and um yeah the list goes on but uh, i i would say that um those are the, the main ones that 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 come to mind when, when you think of the top ones
0: yeah yeah i totally agree um but i've known you as a very very hardworking woman and so i guess my second question for you is how you're able to balance your work life mom life your me time without letting your mental health suffer okay well sometimes i'll ask myself that same
1: question but (laughs) uh, but but kidding aside um i think the way i would uh, answer that question is threefold one is uh, the fact that I recognize that I have the supports I need. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have, for instance, a supporting husband, if I didn't have an outlet when it came to specific friends or I, what I call accountability partners, mm-hmm. for who I could, you know, say uh, this is what I'm going through or, you know, how can um, uh, you can help me uh, being able to actually reach out for help. Taking care of myself is the second thing. Um, I recognize that if I don't have, for instance, my time of prayer meditation, if I don't exercise and if I don't have sufficient sleep, that, um, you know, it it does impact my my, my well-being. And I mean, those are basic things that we probably all know, but we don't always implement. And sometimes we just need to put the systems in place or organize our time in a certain way to at least achieve those things. And lastly, I would say that um, one thing that I that helps me know that at the end of the day, I could be um, satisfied is if I know that I've worked on things or done things that I'm passionate about, or that means something to me. And you know, I have a, actually a young family. And um, you know, the fact that I know I've spent time with my husband, or that I've spent time with my kids, or that I was able also to spend time taking care of myself, let it be exercising or other, um, you know, uh, working in... Um, doing projects or things that I know that I am passionate about or topic areas mm-hmm. that I'm passionate about. I think that really helps me to know that okay, yeah, I I'm 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it doesn't always go as planned. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, if I could say I could check off, you know, one one small thing that I've done that that mm-hmm. speaks Things, I could say that I've I've um, I've achieved uh, my goal from that perspective, and helps me with you know having positive mental health essentially. Um- yeah. Uh, go ahead, please. Uh, I think I was. Yes, there.
0: I was gonna. Um, I was gonna say like I definitely agree. Like putting those systems into place and having people that can keep you accountable. Um, I guess to to follow up with that, um, how often this is this something you do weekly, biweekly, every month, um, to to um, have that yes, that yes. balance. Oh. That's
1: a good question. Um, to tell the truth, for me, it's a daily thing. Um, I start off my day, if you will, you know, writing what I want to do for the day in my agenda or whatnot. I'll have some mm-hmm. priority items, but also have those little things that I know if I could get into my day will just balance things out. And that's mm-hmm. where, the, if you will, the work-life balance comes into play. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, okay, I was able to achieve those things, mm-hmm. also do what I need to do from a work perspective. And if there's other things of interest that I know, I want to also engage in that I, I get to do that as well so it, it's it's not to say that I have a report card every night <laughs> to say what I've done but it you know even from a mental note to know that I've touched the, those uh, those points yeah. uh, really really helps in terms of my yeah, mental well-being
0: yeah yeah, I'm. I'm definitely that that type of person as well. Putting things on my agenda. I have like literally two <laughs> agendas: one on like on my computer, one that I write by hand and stuff like that. Yes, so
1: I can that. relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And actually, if I may add, one thing that I've also
1: come to understand or realize, so that I need to be honest with myself. And sometimes I'm not necessarily honest with myself, mm-hmm. um, thinking that I need to push or whatnot. And that's when I need to take a step back. Um, and I find that's when your accountability can uh, accountability partner, sorry, can come in and really help you to um, help you to bring perspective yeah. um, and, you know, bring bring you a step back and 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 reflect and and pretty much, OK, start over. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that pretty much um, uh, is an important point I think I would, I would just add.
0: Yeah, for sure. Talking about honesty though, I know for, for me, um, as I grew older and, you know, explored more of the things that I loved and encountered a lot of challenges and stuff like that. Um, along the way, my um, I will have to admit that my mental health did suffer, but something that I would also realize is that uh, my context was definitely different than my fellow, um, you know, uh friends that are different ethnicity uh different background than me and so as a black woman what have been you know some of your mental health challenges that you have faced you have encountered um Mm -hmm. whether along your career or just your life in general okay um so i think
1: again if i'm being honest with myself and honest with the people that we're talking with today um i have suffered a burnout um and if Some don't know exactly what that is. It really is um, having intense fatigue, um, where all your efforts are pretty much disproportionate to what you're actually trying to achieve or the results Mm -hmm. you're trying to to have. And um, I was running through a period where I just had a lot on my shoulders and imposed pressure as well. Um, And I I realized that um, I was more reactive than proactive. So, when that happened, um, I had to be honest with myself, but I have to admit it didn't come uh, directly. Uh, it was because others who cared made the, the observations and I had people that were pretty much <laughs> stern with me to say, you know what, I think you need to, t- to stop and, and take a break. Um, it, it was a bit hard on myself because of my personality and also mm-hmm. just because of um, what I felt could have been considered a failure. Yeah. Um, but then um, when I was, again, honest with myself, acknowledging that I needed help and I started to get that help, that's when I knew that, wow, okay, I really do need it to take a break. Mm-hmm. I really do need to take care of myself mm-hmm. and pretty much get re-energized, resourced um, and and um, yeah, to restart uh, on the right foot. Yeah. So, um, you know, thinking about also the things that kind of made it harder to actually acknowledge and actually do something about it. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, my my own personal standards, I think they were uh, too excessive or too perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something that I've had to work on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the taboo even of talking within you know, our community about, you know, having issues, (laughs) if you will, or even, you know, mental issues um, and uh, relating it to something that, you know, you could just brush off or, you know, it's nothing, it'll pass without really putting more uh, importance to it or acknowledging. Yeah, Yeah, it's something that we need to deal with and be cognizant about. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also I would say, being a woman of faith, it was interesting to live through this experience where I thought, well, as a woman of faith, that, that shouldn't happen to me, but <laughs> that goes actually contrary to what <laughs> I know is, um, is to be the truth uh, in anything. That's what actually permitted me to get through is by being a woman mm-hmm. of faith. So um, uh, I was definitely able to uh, get the, the right outlook, the right perspective and the truths that could also help support me and strengthen me through this experience. So, um, you know, uh, I I really am appreciative of all the systems that are available to us. Um, You know, I'm thinking about not only my own personal supports, my social supports, but even the services that are available. You know, I was, I was able to reach out to specific supports, um, um, from a medical perspective as well. And, um, that really, you know, all those taking into account, it was kind of like a multi-component approach or strategy to address, to address the, what I was going through. And honestly, every component, um, really had its part to support me through that process. So, um, uh, yeah, that, that's essentially how I would describe my experience as, as, a, as a Black mm-hmm. woman and um, uh, understanding that, yeah, there are some challenges, but it doesn't mean that uh, when we change our outlook on things, it, it, could, it could be um, addressed differently.
0: Yeah, I honestly totally agree. I think those are great work of um, great words of wisdom um, that you said there. Because oftentimes, like you mentioned, it's like instead of being proactive, you're being more reactive, and it's hard to just um, just assess that ourselves sometimes because. We're so busy doing the things of life where I got to do this next, I got to do this, I got to do this next, but there's sometimes there's so many things like key signs like okay you're becoming more tired or you're becoming more of this more of this and we don't like to address those issues um, right off the bat and I think those can definitely have greater consequences to our mental health so like you've mentioned being honest with yourself is so 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 important whether you're a student whether you're elder mm-hmm. you're you know it's so important to continue to be honest with yourself continue to have that support and that good environment and seeking out those resources those resources are there for you so mm-hmm. it's so important to um it, it might be scary and overwhelming at, like uh, at first but you will never know the, the outcome if you don't take that first step um towards um that healing process so yeah and if i can jump in
1: there uh Mm -hmm. just again give a bit of a plug because there are definitely resources out there that maybe people aren't familiar with um so for young people for instance there's the kids help um a phone line um and they provide free services and could direct you to the specific services you need um as a resource there's the um uh, uh CAMH, I'm running up like the Center of Addiction and Mental Health, mm-hmm. um, they are uh, specialized in this area. They provide many services um, and they have many resources on their website. Um, also, I'm thinking for those who are university students, uh, the ones I'm familiar with, because I went to Ottawa U, <laughs> uh, University Saint Paul, and and d'Ottawa. Um, so they um, have specific services available to for mm-hmm. students, um, from not only providing resources, not only specific services, but also counseling, yeah. uh, which can be of great help, uh, especially when you're at that peak or you're you're you know up against a wall and you don't know what to do that could be just the what you need to get through that and, and to uh, potentially then have the uh, maintenance uh, in terms of you know tools uh, and other resources that can help you to, to deal with not only that particular uh, situation but future
0: situations that you might face. So mm-hmm. so yeah 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 for sure. Um, besides the resources, do you have any last words you'd like to live for our, our listeners about the podcast? <laughs> Well, you know, I
1: think it's not to—it's not to be afraid to talk about mental health, um, not to uh, see it as a taboo, um, a taboo topic. Like any other organ we have in our body, the brain can also be impacted, and um, it's no—it's not—it's not different than any other organ so we should be just as comfortable to talk about diabetes or cardiovascular disease as a mental uh, illness um uh, let it be mood disorders or whatnot so that's where um i think when we do talk openly about it then it's it becomes less of an issue because then you know other people are living the same thing and Mm -hmm can also redirect you in the right direction um, and give you the supports you need or at least direct you to the supports that you may need. So that's where I think there's definitely an opportunity there to be able to just be open about it, being honest with ourselves and with each other. Uh, I think that will just help uh, everyone's positive mental health.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, with that being said, guys, thank you all for listening to today's podcast episode. Thank you to our professional, Dr. Dominique Elguer-Massana, for taking the time to share her personal experience, some resources, and all the other good words of wisdom you heard from her. And I'll see you guys in another episode. Bye. Bye.